successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Brill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast as well as at GrillNationShow.com. Uh, where you can find all of our shows. We have a list of all of our shows that we've ran since the very beginning. Links to those shows, guests, guest photos, and our sponsor information. And I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show right here at the top of the show before we get to today's guests. The title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation show include the Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe is a guest host and honor contributor. One Light Luxury Apartments as well. Thank you for your sponsorship and partnership in the Grill Nation show. I also want to add that KCADC is going to become a partner and supporter uh, and a reoccurring uh, quarterly guest here of the show here in June, coming up here shortly. One of our partners and supporters of, of the Grill Nation show, Two West Companies, uh, connected me to a uh, really cool company here in Kansas City doing uh, great things around brewing. And uh, I'm excited to learn more as a person who probably isn't the biggest, uh, he's a huge craft beer guy. I mean, I, I like to enjoy craft beer here and there. I've had a few boulevards. I've had a few of our local companies uh, like Crane. Uh, but I, I don't know about the process. I don't know enough about the different styles, the different tastes. But uh, there's a company in Raytown, Missouri called Crane Brewing. And we're lucky to have on the uh, president and co-founder at Crane Brewing Company, Michael Crane himself here today in studio uh, to tell his story and tell us more about Crane Brewing, which uh, has gotten a lot of press throughout the uh, Kansas City area, and you can check them out at cranebrewing.com. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing doing very well. Thank you well, for having me today. It's great to have you. Um, I've heard about your company okay. uh, through the grapevine, right. um, just through... You know the network of people here in Kansas City, but for uh, for those of you who haven't heard about it, uh, first off, let's let's learn about you more. You uh, sure. are you a Kansas City and Raytown guy, or what? Well, actually, I moved to Kansas City in 1975 okay. to go to school. Okay, and yeah, ended up staying here in town. I came here in '75 to attend the Kansas City Art Institute. Oh wow! And okay, graduated in '79, changed majors uh, my last semester. Uh, so uh, I was in ceramics and changed to uh, photography, and got a bachelor of fine arts degree in photography in one semester. So, oh wow, that might—I don't know how. What was that how many like? Do that. What was that like getting a ceramics uh, um, photography background? And in, 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 that's well, just pretty that's, cool. Uh, yeah, so I—I uh, I had been doing ceramics since I was about fourteen years old, mm. and while at the Kansas City Art Institute as a ceramic major became interested in doing uh, photography because we were required to take pictures of our ceramics. And I uh, got pretty good at it and then sort of fell in love with uh, photography and I think I got burned out in uh, ceramics. So mm -hmm. I was able to change uh, change majors my last semester. So 
They, uh, I know the head of the ceramic <laughs> department wasn't really crazy about it, but uh, and that was at Kansas City Art Institute. It was at the Kansas City Art Institute. It's a great uh, university or school. Yeah, it's, isn't a, it? it's a it's an excellent school, great reputation. And recently, I've had the pleasure of uh, being able to pour beer at fundraising events there. <laughs> so going back after, geez, about almost forty years since graduation. Uh, to go back and still see a lot of people I knew back in those days is a lot of fun. Very cool. Michael Crane is with us. So you you, you got that degree, uh, and then did you get in? You got into photography after that. I did. I uh, spent about a dozen years as a commercial photographer. Had a studio in what's called the Crossroads. Now it was at Eighteenth and Wyandotte. Oh and wow! You were right. In the heart I was of right, it, right there. It wasn't called the Crossroads then. It was actually. What was it like back then? It was Film Row. It was called Film Row, and a lot of people in the, a lot of businesses in the uh, film distribution business uh, were in that area. Uh Um, The building that I was at uh, was the Allied Film Building, I believe, and in the basement or down on the first floor, they had vaults that stored the flammable film from back a hundred years ago or so. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so you ended up down there. What was that like back then? It was, so it was very in the, quiet. In the 80s and 90s? Yeah, it was actually uh, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Through, it was the, actually 82 to about 92. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was quiet, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Not as much so, as, not as many yeah. people down there as yeah, there today. There were some film processing labs in the area mm-hmm. uh, and uh, some other photographers uh, across the street and around the corner. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I I know that um, when you're talking about film, I know that that's kind of what made that area great. I did. That was kind of the history of it. Yeah, was was kind of the film production hundred years ago or so. Yeah, right. Photography. Right. So um, you did that for a while. I did. And then and then what happened next? So I uh, got into the hobby of woodworking. Really? So, so you've kind I, of always been a ceramic sort of woodworking. I yeah, I've never really had a real job. So, interestingly, I got in a hobby of woodworking and came up, my kids were in preschool, and I came up with a play table that I started making in my garage. Uh, I had the opportunity to start a woodworking company uh, based on this play table, sold the photography business, and started a company called Fun Block Tables. Hmm. And uh, we manufactured these play tables for kids computer furniture for schools, and uh, eventually uh, morphed into making classroom furniture for schools and uh, store fixtures. Where'd you do that out of? That was actually in the building where the brewery is Oh, wow, okay. So So you uh, got into woodworking. This was a legit business where you were making stuff. Yeah, we uh, we did uh, store fixtures for Kansas Sampler, Rally House, we made about 30 different products for U.S. toy company and made component parts for three different closet companies. Wow. But I uh, did that for about 22 years. Then I got a, actually it was a little less than that when I got into the hobby of brewing beer. So it was, uh, let's see, December 2009, mm-hmm. my wife and I were shopping at Target and it was some holiday shopping, and my wife spotted a Mr. Beer kit on closeout for $15 and thought, hey, this might be fun for the kids. They were, they were in college at the time, and they'd started drinking craft beer. The, the crazy thing is I was not a beer drinker at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just got it for the kids and thought it'd be fun, 
and made a few of the kits with the kids over winter break, and I became fascinated with the process and started researching uh, researching uh, fermentation. Mm-hmm. And uh, each week I would build more equipment. And by the end of 2010, I had brewed 47 batches of beer <laughs> and uh, was doing about 15 or 20 gallons every week. I really became quickly in your obsessed. basement. In my basement, yeah. <laughs> Started out in my kitchen. My wife was really pleased that eventually I moved down to the basement. And I think she was even more pleased when uh, we started the brewery and I moved all the stuff out of the house. <laughs> Michael Crane from Crane Brewing is with us today on the Grill Nation show. The website is cranebrewing.com on Twitter as well, at Crane Brewing. Uh, they are brewers and beer-loving professionals brought together by passions and expertise to provide authentic farmhouse ales. And it's uh, out of Raytown, Missouri. We're going to get into more of the journey here with Michael here after the break and then talk about... Uh, their tap room, their location, what they brew. Uh, learn more about Crane Brewing here on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM. Welcome back to Grill Nation, 980 AM, KMBZ, and on iTunes via podcast. Uh, appreciate you listening in today. Hope you're having a great week and a great day here in Kansas City or wherever you're listening in the United States today. Back with Michael Crane from Crane Brewing, the president and co-founder of a Crane Brewing. Uh, you are a entrepreneur, Michael. We were just talking about everything you've done. Um, quickly, you, you mentioned you owned a woodworking business. Uh, for close to 20-some years, over yeah. 22 years. Oh, yeah, that's, that's and correct. It's, it's where your brewery is now, which we'll get to in a second. Tell us about what that was like. Just um, I know you know, going from photography and ceramics to, to starting right. a, a woodworking business and building a, a company is not easy, especially with right. manufacturing issues, uh, competition. I mean, how would you guys grow and how would you, how'd you maintain oh, your, the, uh, uh, for the 20 years? Well, the uh, woodworking business, things that you won't find in doing research, um, way back, uh, I don't remember how many years ago, I guess it was the early 90s, uh, I, w- I got involved in resettlement of Russian Jews in Kansas City yeah. when my wife was working at the Jewish Community Center. And there was one day uh, a, a child was dropped off in the, um, preschool, didn't speak English. She was just, apparently the parents just said that they could drop the kid off there, didn't speak English. And uh, later the paperwork got done correctly. But as my wife was telling me about these kids, um, it occurred to me, because at the time I was a commercial photographer, and I had never done fine art photography. I had never done that the, the type of photography that I really was interested in doing. So I did a photo documentary on the resettlement of Russian Jews in Kansas City. Hmm. And I had realized that these kids were learning English really quickly. But the parents must really be facing a lot of struggles. So in the process of doing this photo documentary and working with about a dozen different families, from picking them up at the airport to uh, setting up apartments for them and documenting everything, 
I realized I was on the Jewish Federation Committee mm-hmm. to help resettle these folks and realized that what they really needed were jobs. Around the same time, I came up with a play table just for my hobby of woodworking, and I gave it to the Jewish Community Center for the kids to play with. And I came up with the idea of starting a company that I knew a lot of the the uh, immigrants were great uh, workers with their hands. And the idea of the company originally was to build this company. I would continue to be a photographer. I would start this company to employ Russian immigrants. Hmm. That goes back a long time ago, and I haven't really thought about it for a long time. Right. But uh, so that's not necessarily the basis of starting a successful business because I wasn't even thinking about <laughs> making trying, a profit. trying to help people. Um, yeah, and that was, that's the way it happened eventually, though. And I, I employed about a half a dozen Russian immigrants. Only one of them spoke English. But as they learned English, uh, they were able to get much better jobs. They were engineers. Uh, um, very high-level people. And as they learned English, I realized that I needed to find people that could actually do the work mm-hmm. that uh, were not uh, from the general community. And as the business grew, I was able to automate the process and buy uh, some uh, uh, large machinery. But uh, I never, so then I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I, <laughs> I got some investors, started a company called Fun Block Tables. Yeah, and uh, ninety four moved into well, actually, I'll go back. There, we were in the basement of a shopping center in Raytown, and there was an article in the Kansas City Star about about what we were doing and hiring Russian immigrants. And the city saw that we were doing manufacturing in a shopping center, and it wasn't zoned correctly. So they came <laughs> and paid me a visit one day. I'm sure, and they actually helped me find the building. Um, uh, that actually is the home now of Crane Brewing Company on Railroad Street. It's down in a light industrial area uh, just south of 63rd and Raytown Road. Well, they helped me find the building. Uh, it was 18,000 square feet. I leased the building. I was there for about seven years growing the business and then bought the biz- bought the building. So, uh, and over the years, we, we, st- we built uh, store fixtures classroom furniture for schools, and component parts for three different closet companies and a lot of other contract manufacturing. Interesting. But, so you did that process, and you learned a lot, I think, about I starting a company. Yep. Um, and then during that time, that's when you started the brew kit at your house. So in uh, December 2009, okay. I, was not, I was not a beer drinker at all. But uh, my kids were in college, and I, I believe they had turned 21. I will assume <laughs> that they had. Yes. Um, it, it might have been a little earlier, but they had gotten into drinking craft beer. And I remember them bringing, you know, bringing some bottles home, and I would taste it and just found it un, just unbearable. I, big IPAs and big stouts and uh, wild fermented sour beers I just thought were really totally bizarre to my palate. But uh, anyway, but uh, December 2009, my wife and I were holiday shopping at Target and saw Mr. Beer Kid on closeout for $15 and thought it'd be fun to do with the kids. Um, they took it. And they, they didn't take it. You took we it. We did it. Yeah, we did it together and made a few batches of beer. And I thought it was really a fascinating process. So I started researching and uh, 
I, a few weeks later, bought some additional things so I could do five-gallon batches. Mr. Beer Kit, But at two, the time, you didn't like drinking beer. So at the time, I really wasn't a beer drinker, so I didn't know anything about it. You but it was, it was a, a cool process. It was a fun process. I got into the science of it. Um, I've also always enjoyed building things and tinkering and solving problems. And so what I, I would spend uh, time during the week was uh, upgrading my brewing system research and sweating copper and building gadgets to, to make the brewing more efficient and more fun and make larger batches. Mm-hmm. And So you uh, did that for years, yeah, right? I did that. Well, basement. I did that in starting to, by the end of 2010. So the Mr. Beer Kit was December 2009. By the end of 2010, I had brewed 47 batches of beer, and I was doing about 15 gallons every weekend. Still wasn't a big beer drinker, but I uh, people asked, what did I do with all the beer? I said, well, I, I made a lot of friends. <laughs> there was, uh, Michael Crane with Crane Brewing. So you let your friends try the beer. Yeah, and, I, uh, and they were like, this is good. That, 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 that's true. And I, I joined a homebrew club called Kansas City Beer Meisters. And I remember the first meeting that I went to, um, I remember almost every detail of that meeting. I don't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember my first meeting. And during the meeting, one of the ladies on the board uh, had made an announcement, if you're new to the club, please come up and introduce yourself. And so after the meeting, I went up and told the lady, I'm Michael Crane, and she said that the board had gotten together recently and decided they wanted to go out and have a beer with new members and talk about what they wanted to learn from being a member of the Kansas City Beer Meisters. And she proceeded to say, well, where do you usually like to go and drink beer? And I looked, I looked at her dumbfounded a little bit and said, well, I've never done that. And she looked at me and said, then why the heck are you even here? So I was really naive. I, I never really equated the idea of, of brewing with actually drinking the beer. Mm. Uh, that's kind of stupid, I guess. What are the- <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's funny. You don't, really know what it, you don't know so, the taste. Yeah. Of the- well, I, I did start tasting everything. I uh, still don't drink a lot, and it's not because I don't like the beer. It's mostly because I have a low alcohol tolerance, and I don't <laughs> like the f- idea of feeling drunk. That's good. I, guess some people I wish, do more, like I wish that. more people were like you. I guess well, not for your business, but, it, no, I'm, <laughs> but for, for people in general, that's well, a, that's a good I'm, thing. I'm glad that most people have a much higher tolerance for alcohol. Yes. Because, uh, thankfully, a lot of people drink our beer. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, our salesman like, that I, I travel with often likes to tell people that I have the alcohol tolerance of a seven-year-old girl. <laughs> I'm working up to that. <laughs> Michael Crane is with us. Okay, so you uh, you started brewing all these. You, you joined all these yeah. clubs. When did you decide that, hey, I need to start a business? Well, actually, uh, so in 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 the process of going to meetings, uh, at uh, I would you bring samples of your beer to meetings of the Kansas City Beer Meisters for people to try and evaluate. And I I was bringing five or six different beers every month to the meetings. And also at the meetings, they were talking about homebrew competitions. And I thought that was interesting. I had never, I'd been doing barbecue for years, but never entered a competition. So I thought it'd be fun to enter one of my beers in a competition to sort of get some uh, feedback that was not just a friend. If you, anything that you make, if, you know, you ask a friend, how do they like it? No one's going to tell you that it sucks. Uh, generally, you want to get an honest opinion in brewing, 
you enter a competition, it's all done blindly. It's all the judges only see a judging number. Mm-hmm. They don't have any idea whose it is. So I entered the first competition. Um, I entered a Cezanne, which is a Belgian farmhouse ale, traditionally brewed on farms in Belgium years ago. And I got a first, I got, I won, I won a gold medal, a gold, uh, gold medal. And, uh, the people applauded and I got to walk up and it was, <laughs> I, I really dug that. That That's was a lot cool. of fun. So I started entering more competitions and brewing more beer and entering more competitions, started winning competitions, started winning medals, every competition I entered. And in a couple of years, won about 80 medals and a couple of best of shows. And, um, it was around, it was, uh, in October, 2013, I had been brewing for several years, entering a lot of competitions and made a lot of friends in the craft beer community and in the homebrew circles. And, uh, the Kansas Star Magazine did a feature story about me, sort of titled The Home Brewer That Doesn't Drink. And I'm going to have to uh, find that one. Well, yeah. And I want to get into more of that after yeah. the break here, Michael. Michael Crane is with us, uh, president and co-founder of Crane Brewing. Uh, their website is cranebrewing.com. I want to get into kind of the different beers, the business growth, and uh, where people can find you here in the Kansas City area. You're listening to the Grilled Nation show here on 980 AM. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. When it drops... Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on KMBZ 980 AM. Again, listening if you're listening on podcasts and iTunes, I appreciate you joining me, whether you're in the gym, in your car, uh, going for a walk with your kids, whatever. We appreciate you always listening to the Grill Nation show. We're uh, speaking today with Michael Crane from Crane Brewing. He's the president and co-founder of one of uh, Kansas City's uh, greatest uh, craft brewing companies going right now. Uh, they're continuing to grow and expand. You can find them online at cranebrewing.com. Uh, Michael, we're getting into, we have a couple segments left on the show. We're getting into kind of when you this became an actual business. You mentioned the Kansas City Star Magazine ran an article uh, previewing you guys talking about the how you bought a beer right. kit for fifteen dollars at Target, and then next thing you know, you don't even drink beer. You have right. a, a winning eighty medals in competitions and and growing. And uh, you mentioned to me off air you met one of your uh, uh, fellow people you work with. Uh, he reached out to you after he read that article. Right. So in October two thousand thirteen, Star Magazine did a feature article, and uh, gentleman uh, Chris Myers had been in the process of uh, doing, uh, in investigating and planning to start a brewery. And he was working with a friend of his, Aaron Bryant, mm-hmm. and uh, um, to, to do the research and trying to put together a, a brewery. They, their plan was to build a small brewery in uh, Lee's Summit at and the time. this is in 2013 this or 14? This was uh, end of 2000, October 2013. Okay. And Chris reached out to me when he saw the article. And came over and brewed a few beers with me. And I had already been brewing with another guy I had met through Kansas City Beer Meisters. Name was Randy Strange, who is now our head brewer. But uh, Randy had brewed with me a, a little bit. Chris came over. At the time, I was doing the uh, woodworking business. And it looked like that business was going to be growing 
uh, that year, the following year, quite a bit. But uh, it was shortly after Chris uh, had reached out to me and we had brewed a couple times, found out that, uh, and he was planning to start a brewery, but he, I found out that our largest customer was going to have products knocked off and made in China, and I knew that would pretty much be an end to my woodworking business. So I started investigating, starting a brewery. I had... Uh, What'd your wife and kids think at this time? Oh, well, the kids thought it was great. My wife would, was uh, freaking out. Well, she, <laughs> I would brew every Saturday, and she would, uh, I would, I'd get up about every Saturday morning at about five o'clock. I'd get water heating up. I'd make coffee. We'd have breakfast. My wife would go shopping with a friend. And many, many times she'd say, Well, you know, we're going over friends for dinner. We're going out for dinner. What time are you going to be done? And I'd say, Oh, I'm just brewing 15, 20 gallons. <laughs> Um, I'll be done by four or five. Well, five o'clock would come and I was just finishing up and I knew I'd have about a half hour or 40 minutes to clean up. So it was pretty annoying to her. So I think now that, I mean, after, after getting everything out of the basement and starting a brewery, I think she's pleased with that. That's great. But, uh, so I, when I found out that this customer was going to have products knocked off and made in China, I started investigating, starting a brewery myself. Uh, Chris uh, reached out to me again to show me some pictures of a building he was looking at buying, a, a building in, in Lee Summit. And uh, that's when I said, well, Chris, I'm actually thinking of starting my own brewery. Mm-hmm. And he and Randy started talking. Randy was brewing with me that day, Randy Strange. And uh, we uh, they, they got to talking later and later that evening chris called up and said hey how would you like to just do this all together i said that's a great idea and uh yeah that instant that was, chemistry uh, and you guys decided yeah. to launch at that point and so we uh started meeting at my house uh every sunday morning at nine o'clock to work out a game plan talk about putting together a business plan mm-hmm. after the first meeting i realized and i i said guys we need a comprehensive business plan and the most important aspect is going to be the financials. We need to get a CPA who can help us with the financials on a business plan. And I, at that point, said, well, I've got a, a CPA I've worked with for over a decade. He's really Jason. good at what he does. And that's Jason Locke. Jason Locke. And, and he's uh, the CEO of Crane Brewing. And he's the CEO of Crane Brewing. And he, is, uh, he does a lot more than that. He also coordinates uh, artists and the graphics together for all of our labeling for all of our bottles and all the six pack holders. He works with different um, artists that we use to create the label. He puts things together Mm -hmm. and even he's even created some of the labels that we uh, currently use on our bottles. Mm -hmm. But uh, so he, you got the whole team together, man. So we, we started meeting uh, at our house, uh, my house in uh, on the Kansas side, uh, Early in 2014, we met every Sunday. We talked about a laundry list of things that needed to be done. Um, we knew that the Parkville Microbrew Fest mm-hmm. was coming up, up in, in April. I grew up in Parkville. I've been to that yep. many times. That's, Lived down uh, the street from the park. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic uh, beer festival. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of companies. Huge. Yep, that was great. So they, we were not a, a brewery at the time. We essentially were home brewers wanting to start a brewery. So the only thing that, but they allowed home brewers at Parkville. 
So they allowed us to put up a banner that said Crane Brewing. And we that was the first time we were to present ourselves as Crane Brewing. And it was okay by your uh, co-founders and, to have the, uh, have the Crane name, Oh, huh? well, it, the way that happened about it. So <laughs> that's my question for you, Michael. Uh, I'll you have to back up a there. little bit. I'll back up your a little bit. Your name's on the wall. So before Chris reached out to me, um, just shortly before he, re- he reached back out to me, about uh, when I told him about uh, I was starting my own brewery, Randy and I had a meeting at Central States Beverage, mm-hmm. to uh, who's now our distributor. We, right. Just to ask, uh, I took them some samples of the home brew, and I asked them what they thought about the idea of me starting a brewery. Well, at the time, uh, something that all home brewers do is they come up with a, a funny name for their brewery, uh, just as to, to try to present themselves as somewhat professional. Mm-hmm. So my my son years earlier had said uh, I should we should call my brewery Drunken Crane Brewery Brewery Drunken Crane Brewery, and uh, so when we uh, had that meeting at Central States Beverage, the craft beer manager said, "Well, have you thought about a name for the brewery?" And I said, "Well, as a home brewer, I've been going by Drunken Crane Brewing." And he said, well, you know, that's okay for a home brewer, but that doesn't really, that wouldn't cut it for a commercial brewery. And I said, well, then I'll just drop the drunken and we'll call it Crane Brewing. <laughs> so that, that was name, a smart move. That's Michael. all we, yeah, that's, that's the, all the thought that went into it. I offered earlier on in the early stages, you know, there's a better name. Yeah. But everybody thought that would work. That's cool. Um, sort of capitalizing on, uh, a reputation that I did have in the home brewing community, yep. which runs very parallel to the craft brewing. I like that. Michael Crane is with us. Mike, I want to fast forward a little bit so we don't we don't miss any of your story here. So sure. you did success. You, you grew. You you had the uh, great uh, time right. at Parkville. Right. Uh, you guys continued to grow in your current space. That you had the woodworking shop in. Right. Um, when did you actually open the uh, the brewery? So um, in uh, let's see, we spent all of 2014 going to beer festivals and public um, and uh, fundraisers to uh, raise awareness of what we were doing. We were brewing beer together in my basement as a group and pouring beer every opportunity we had to mm-hmm. sort of grow the recognition and to show people what we were all about. Um, we raised uh, a lot of money from investors in, uh, let's see, February 2015. We, uh, I had moved out all of the woodworking equipment. We started demo in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we filled up about 30, 40 cubic yard containers of stuff. And uh, in April of 2015, the contractor came in and started cutting up the floors and putting in all new electrical. And by September, we were done and had our license to start brewing beer. And we started our plan um is to was originally to just do Belgian farmhouse ales, wild fermented beers, sour beers, which we do. We our big focus are sour beers, um, but we've expanded quite a bit since then, and we do some other beers as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we started distribution, and I knew that we would have a limited focus, so it was important that we had wide distribution. So. In December of 2015, we started distribution in Kansas. Uh, it, by, at that time, the approval process was running way behind in Missouri, 
So it was a month later in January of 2016, we started distributing in, uh, in Kansas City on the Missouri side. Later that year, we expanded into St. Louis, then Springfield, and then uh, shortly thereafter to uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma. So uh, You're in a lot of states, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Wow. And, and you guys have, I'm looking at your website now, you... Uh you have a handful. How many? How many beers do you actually sell? Well, the uh, a few months ago, we, when we first started, we were doing all of our bottling by hand, and realized, and we were doing large format, seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottles, and uh, we realized shortly after we started doing that that the focus uh, really needed to be smaller format bottles. Mm-hmm. So. Um, That's right. I remember fall. that. Yeah, I yeah. Remember that. We got about forty seconds left yeah. before we have to go to break. Yeah. But you guys started off with larger bottles, right? And then and now you have six packs. Yeah, we uh, we put in an automated bottling line, and that's enabled us to do smaller format bottles. Our sour beers are in three hundred and seventy five milliliter uh, Belgian style bottles that are sold singly, and our non sour beers are in twelve ounce six packs. And right. Yeah, I've counted about 15 different beers on your website that you all have had at some point, whether seasonable or year-round. Yeah. But we'll get into that more after the break. Michael Crane, he's a successful entrepreneur and has a great team at Crane Brewing. Uh, check it out at cranebrewing.com. Really enjoying the show, learning more about him and the history, and I hope you are too. You're listening to Grill Nation, 980 AM. Welcome back to the show, 980 AM, Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again today. Back with Michael Crane, uh, president and co-founder of Crane Brewing, a great company here in the Kansas City area. Their tap room is in Raytown, as well as, well as their brewery. They brew all different types of beer. Michael was a uh, an entrepreneur and just done some really cool stuff. Uh, tell us about the tap room, Michael, uh, because it's a place people can visit uh, and try your beers and have some fun. Yes, um, absolutely. We've got uh, about a thousand square foot tap room in the front of the brewery. We're uh, it's a it's a beautiful space. It's really welcoming and warm and friendly. We have a great staff of uh, of uh, employees that work behind the bar. They're really friendly and helpful and answer a lot of questions. We also make a lot of special beers that are only available in the tap room. Um, uh, one of our brewers, Eric Pegler, and another, other, the other brewers, Michael Reynolds and Randy Strange, all work on special small batch beers that are tested in the tap room. Uh, that, that they do some really funky, wild stuff, and we do a lot of fun events in the tap room. But uh, there's always at least five or six beers that are not distributed that are only available in the tap room. It's uh, looks like a cool uh, spot. And on your website at cranebrewing.com, you got you got photos uh, and a lot of cool social media ways to connect with you guys. Your website is great. Your logo and branding is great. Um, Talk to me about okay. If I was to try, you brought in some beer today. Thankfully, Uh, we'll try this. Oh yeah, uh, I'll try this sometime in the next few days. But. uh, if you're coming to your brewery, what is your most popular beer? What should people so, try? What are you most proud of? What's won the most awards? So, well, as a as a commercial brewery, we have not really been active in entering competitions. The awards that I won for were for homebrew. That's right. But a lot of those beers are what inspired uh, most of the beers or many of the beers that we do at Crane Brewing right now. 
But uh, what we're, we're really known for is our sour beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beers that I brought you samples of today are not the sour beers. But um, I would say the most popular is a T-Weiss. T-Weiss is a German-style Berliner Weiss, which is a sour beer. It's uh, prior to actual fermentation. It's soured with the lactobacillus. That's what's in yogurt and probiotics. Lactobacillus consumes sugars, creates lactic acid. Lactic acid has a has a uh, tartness similar to citric acid, so it's really um, citrusy and uh, tart. Cool. And to that, to the tea vice, we add a berry rooibos tea blend from another local company called Hugo Tea. They're out of uh, North yes. Kansas City. Had them on the radio show. Yeah, before. Tyler is great. They they make this great tea blend that has hibiscus, lemongrass, and black currant. That's a, a year-round sour beer that uh, is highly rated, and um, actually it's supposed to be year-round, but sometimes it sells out before we can get the next batch out. Let me ask you this. Um, we got five minutes left in the show. Your your logo, what what is exactly does it mean? Because your so, branding and logo is all, you have the green color, you have the really cool uh, photos that go on each brand to kind of differentiate it in kind of a, like a really cool modern kind so of So the, uh, the, the focus of our branding originally started with some graphic designers that presented several options to us. The origami crane is the is the uh, main focal point of yes. our branding. Yes, origami, and that's what I was thinking. That's, uh, yes. I thought you were going to throw me for a loop, but I know. Right. Yeah. So um, it, it, it just sort of plays on the name crane. Some people have asked and expected a, an interesting story. Uh, that that uh, our logo came from something more interesting other than a designer. It was one of the ideas that he came up with. That's that we a good liked. idea. I like it. So uh, and I like your uh, your logos on each on each beer you have. Oh, uh, thank from you. The, from the Omar, it's a cat. To the to the yep. uh, you mentioned the uh, tea ice is like a hot air balloon. Yeah, and the hot air balloon is actually Hugo T's logo. That's cool. That we we sort of feature on that brand. I like your trailsmith too. I like and, the bike origami bike. And our our brewery, the tap room sits right on a trail that is uh in the works to make a bike trail. It's on the railroad, but it's uh, going to be a trail that goes from Lee Summit to Kaufman Stadium. Oh wow. And that's directly about 50 feet in front of the front of the brewery. And trailsmith uh is a branding on that, and it's sort of an origami bicycle. Cranebrewing.com if you want to see all the different things they're doing over there. Uh, I want to ask you about kind of the competition of the community. I mean, this is an area that is very um, growing, obviously. Boulevard kind of was a leader here in Kansas City, but there's so many uh, people like you out there. Maybe not the best beer like you, but there's a lot of different breweries well, popping a, up all over Kansas a City. A lot of great And in other cities. I mean, right. I talked to Mayor of Anaheim a couple weeks ago, and they're starting a – they're changing their zoning rules to allow for more brewers to come into Anaheim. And oh, they have this cool. huge boom going on called Brewtown there. Right. There's 20, 30, 40 breweries. Um, so, so yeah, so I, yeah. I, I'm just curious. Like, what's well, the community the, like here? The community is wonderful. Something that I, I think is really unique in the craft beer culture is the idea of sharing information with each other and breweries that do collaborations and We've done uh, collaborations with Torn Label. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look forward to doing more collaborations with uh, other breweries around town. We're all best friends. Yeah, uh, that's When great. we go to beer festivals, one of the most fun things about a beer festival is actually not just uh, pouring beer for patrons, but sort of hanging out with other brewery folks in the craft beer community. And it's just, a, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's beer. It's a lot of fun. It's very There's, refreshing uh, to hear you say those things. Because yeah, it's a, a lot of sharing of ideas. If uh, 
one brewery, uh, there have been several times that we've been in the middle of packaging and run out of caps or or something and uh, reach out to a local brewery and they help us out. Um, breweries share information uh, and uh, well, it's help a great, each other. It's a growing industry, yeah. and so you've you found a way to make a business out of this now. Well, it's this been, is legit. Uh, this is your full-time job. Oh, yeah. So Another it's entrepreneurial from, venture for you. It's all. really all about the team. Yeah. Um, the brewery might have my name on it, but uh, Aaron Bryant is our operations man, and he keeps things running at the brewery. Um, Randy and Michael and Eric are brewing the beer and working really, really working hard every day. Chris Myers um, is uh, keeps the tap room running well, planning events for the tap room, and we brainstorm all the time about doing events and we do a lot of charitable events and raise money for great causes um we try to be very active in the community uh both uh the raytown community and the greater kansas city we do fundraising events all the time Mm -hmm. we donate beer we donate our services and pour beer every opportunity we have that uh if there's a good cause out there we'll find it and we'll participate michael what is your uh advice for someone who wants to uh Get into this industry. Do you have any? Well, I would I would give the same advice to anyone is to follow your passion, and yeah. if you have the ability to uh, to make a living doing something that it that you are passionate about, it's really a home run. Not everyone uh, I think is willing to take a risk to do that, but uh, following your passion, and uh, I think if you really do follow your passion and work hard. I think success is is something that will find you without really trying to focus on on all of the details. I think just follow your passion mm-hmm. and work with good people. Yeah, and uh, be open to new ideas. I love talking to Michael Crane from Crane Brewing because he gets me fired up about uh, whatever I'm going to do next. You know, the, I'm an entrepreneur as well, and I always like meeting people like you because you just make your you start thinking about potential things you can do in Kansas City, the right the relationships, and and uh, what you've done with Crane Brewing and. A short amount of time, and obviously there's been the articles about you and Mr. Beer Kid and whatnot, but just the the success that you guys have had, and, and Raytown, obviously, uh, that's a great part. Of, you're a great part of that community, but also in Kansas City as a whole is inspirational, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, trying the beer, and I'm looking forward to uh, visiting your tap room at some point. Again, uh, cranebrewing.com. You can find out more information about Michael and his company, and uh, and you try the beer. It's available in Kansas City. Yeah, we're in all the liquor stores, and and lots of bars and restaurants all the time. We're getting ready to come out with our new Raytown Common. It's a very easy-drinking American ale. I love it. And uh, it'll appeal to people that aren't into sour and wild-fermented funky beers. <laughs> Michael Crane from Crane Brewing, thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate Thank it. you. Appreciate the time. Thanks it's been a lot. a lot of fun. You've been listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one, guys. Take care.